You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. When you're married, you'll understand the importance of fresh produce. Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I'm joined again with Dr. Michelle Gannon. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Steve. Good to be here. Uh, Michelle, uh, this is, uh, you've only been on a couple times, I believe. Um, so if you're not familiar, uh, Michelle is a psychologist specializing in relationships, wellness, and women's issues. And today we are going to talk about an article that you submitted uh, and is up on Hitched right now uh, entitled Too Tired for Sex. And uh, I'm, sh- you know, the- anytime we talk about sex, it gets a, a tremendous amount of response. And this is one of those topics that we get tons of emails on. So I'm so excited that you, A, wrote the article, and B, you wanted to keep talking about it on the podcast. So um, so to, to kind of kick things off here, uh, in the article that you wrote, uh, you quote some research that says 20% of all couples have sex less than 10 times per year. Uh, I, I mean... I mean, that's, that's not very much. I mean, that's less than once per month. Mm-hmm. Now, is being too tired the most common reason couples give for not having sex more frequently? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the research is based by Barry McCarthy, and what he found is that that uh, statistic applied to couples that were married and even couples that were living together. Mm. So in my Marriage Prep 101 workshops that I teach with my husband, Patrick, we tell couples about the statistic. And we have some couples looking at each other going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we have other couples looking at each other going, uh-huh. Yeah. You know, so there's a whole range. But what it really comes down to is our couples prioritizing their sex life and making it happen no matter what comes up in a long-term relationship. Now, the reasons why people don't have sex, there's lots of reasons. You know, people can have relationship issues. <laughs> communication issues, there can be a difference in sexual desire and interest, there can be a lot of other factors that contribute in terms of your physical and your emotional wellness, but what people will often say, the reason they say is it's because we are too tired. Mm, Okay. So what we want to say is like, okay, really? And if you really are too tired, you know, you're certainly not alone. A recent um, study through the National Sleep Foundation reported that one in four Americans married or living with someone say they are so sleep-deprived that they are too tired to have sex. <laughs> so it's like a lot of people feel this way. <laughs> but what we're, we want to uh, suggest is that if that's really true, you're not alone, but do you want to really become one of those no-sex, low-sex couples? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to get out of the habit and the ritual of being sexual with each other? Um, because what we find, it's it's much more effective if you can work preventatively. And so you can keep that in mind going forward. Yeah, yeah and that, one of the things that you mentioned in your article, too, was that not having sex becomes habit-forming. Exactly. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. Well, all I was going to say, and the other part that's fascinating is research by Barry McCarthy found that when couples were happy enough with their sex life, like, yeah, it's good enough, not perfect, but good enough, enjoyable, pleasurable, no, we have it enough. Then it's only 15% of their marital variance, like how happy they are in their relationship. 
But if either one is unhappy with their sex life, it can account for 85% of their relationship happiness and satisfaction. Wow. Right? So that's, again, the idea of the preventative, which is like, let's make sure we're having enough sex, good enough sex, happy enough. So it's just as a small piece of our, you know, everything else that we are. Sure. Friends, you know, partners, life partners, parents maybe. But if either one of you is feeling like we've gotten out of the habit of being sexual or it's just not a priority, or he or she, you know, used mm-hmm. to be, has a headache, <laughs> yeah. he or she always is tired, yeah. it again it becomes an excuse, but it becomes more than that. It becomes something that couples get fixated on. Yeah. Like we aren't having sex, and then that becomes more of a problem. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you were mentioning in terms of reasons couples don't have sex was um, that they, they don't, they're not physically healthy enough so that they don't they don't have that energy and we all know that exercise is important for our general health but um studies have also shown that um exercising regularly can boost your libido um so i'm sure a lot of couples are listening to this and thinking well if i'm already too tired to have sex then how in the world am i going to have the energy to exercise on top of that yeah i i hear that i hear that every day i mean i think what it comes down to and this is hard. I'm a mother myself, and I know how fatigue, especially when I had two babies, because they're you know, young, when they were young, back and back, it is exhausting. But it also goes back to, you know, are you taking care of your, your health, your wellness? You know, have you made a commitment that you're going to find a way to manage your fatigue? And, and of course, you want to rule out the basic medical issues, like mm-hmm. make sure that you don't have low thyroid or iron deficiency or, you know, those kind of things. Look at your diet. Are you a healthy way? Do you eat enough protein? Um, and then the whole exercise, it is hard, but again, it's like, what are our choices? And this is where I just kind of get in people's faces and say, well, I know it's, it's all about choice and it's your life and you can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> but if your partner is saying she is too tired for sex, she is too tired to exercise, yet... Right? Uh-huh. She is on the computer all the time. She's on the phone. She's, you know, watching TV. Or in my case, I'm, like, doing the, you know, the endless laundry. It goes back to, like, are you making the relationship enough of a priority? Yeah. And the same thing with exercise. I mean, the research is so compelling about exercise. And, and it's pretty basic. It's we want to get at least a minimum of three hours, three to four hours a week of exercise. And then you can check the box, yes, I exercise, and I'm healthy. Yeah. And, yeah. and that doesn't seem like very much in uh, the span of a, a week, too. Right. And then look at how many, how many minutes a day, right, 1,440 minutes, 1,440 minutes a day, I think. <laughs> um, how many minutes of that day, I know we sleep a bunch of those hours, but are we actually dedicating to ourselves, to our relationships? Mm-hmm. Certainly as a parent. We can check, check, check. So many minutes of our day are um, taken up with our children and taking care of them. But I'm a big believer that we have to take care of ourselves as mothers, take care of our marriages, and take care of our kids. And when you take care of yourself, uh, you're better able to perform the other tasks in your life and take care of others that much better, too. And And I think a lot of times people forget about that. Yeah, you know, really great research from the Mayo Clinic found that when people exercise, again, back to the three to four hours Uh a week of exercise, that they reduce stress, they reduce low mood, 
they have more patience, they have more joy. I mean, there's just so many reasons to exercise. Mm-hmm. But even if, even if you say, you know, okay, that sounds great, like, not me, I'm not going to exercise, then let's look, what else? Are you getting your basic sleep? Are you able to even get seven hours of sleep a night? Mm-hmm. Which, again, is what many research studies, medical studies find. It's kind of like what we want to try to get, at least seven hours a night. A lot of people don't do that. And I used to be proud of myself that I didn't sleep. Like, look <laughs> at me. You know, I can, get a, I can get by with five hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's no badge of honor to go with yeah. <laughs> ourselves. But I think it goes back to that. So then it's like, okay. Maybe it's not that you're going to exercise at this time in your life. That's too much to, to say. Say, I'm going to do that and have sex. Like, what is your goal about sex? The mm-hmm. national norm is surprisingly average. It's just once a week. Yeah. Right? It's just once a week. And many couples say we don't even have the energy or time for once a week sex. And. Well, I was just going to move on a, l- a yeah. little bit. And, you know, we're talking about these minutes adding up and the, the amount of time that you need to sleep and do all these other things. And some people are still too busy to do the exercise. And in many instances, sex is a non-starter since it, it just doesn't fit into the schedule. Uh, do you, I mean, do you have any tips on how and when to make time, particularly if a couple has kids, which adds yeah. just that many more responsibilities onto a regular person's plate? And it requires you to be a lot more creative. Okay, yeah. So this is what this is what we'll say to couples in our practice or in our workshops, whether they have children or not, but especially if they have children. Okay, so when do you typically have sex? And many people will say it is the last thing of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, five or ten minutes, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> so how is that sex? Oh, well, you know, they're just <laughs> going through the motions. What do you expect? This is the idea of making it be a priority. So then we'll say, well, what about, you know, setting your alarms and getting up early and making love? Oh, no, I would never want to do that. <laughs> hmm. What about you send your children to a friend's house for a play date or you hire a babysitter to take them out for ice cream and you stay home and you make love? Oh, well, you know, I've got a lot to take care of, right, our to-do list. Yeah. What about wake-me-up sex? Is it, is it okay with your partner to wake you up in the middle of the night? Wake me up? No way. <laughs> you know, there's so many excuses. Hmm. What about, and I brainstorm with couples, you know, uh-huh. what about children are away at a friend's, come home, before dinner, have sex? Mm-hmm. Before dinner, well, I'm really hungry when I get home. Yeah. What about you have a little snack in your sex? Yeah. It's like I'm working really hard to help couples see that are we, is it really truly that we don't have time? Or is it that it's just not a priority, mm-hmm. not that much fun, not that interesting? You know, many couples have to kind of reinvent their sex life as they're together a long time. The yeah. newness, you know, doesn't help uh, when we're in a long-term relationship. Is it predictable? Is it, you know, so again, is that as well? Is it good sex? Is it fun? Is it creative? Is it interesting? But I think it really goes back to finding opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, when the kids nap, do you fool around? I mean, it's amazing how many couples do this. They go on a date. Okay, they get a babysitter. They pay money. They go on a date. They come home. Children are asleep. So that was what you would consider that to be a window of opportunity. Sure. And what they do is they come home, and one of them goes and checks their email. <laughs> Fifteen minutes, you know, puts some laundry in, or, and then the momentum is gone. Yeah. And the other person is actually waiting for them trying to stay awake for them, but they fall asleep in the process. 
you know, been there, done that. Like, a lot of couples fall into that. They put in so much effort to, for the possibility of romance, sex, and then they get distracted. So you can't lose your momentum. And do you think, do you think those actions of getting home and checking the email is kind of a self-sabotaging technique because they don't want to face the, the activity of sex? You know, sometimes, but I actually think more often it's just something that's a habit. Mm-hmm. I, know, I mean, I'm, you know me, I like Twitter, I like Facebook, I like, <laughs> yeah. I like email, I like it too. I totally understand that you don't mean to, Yeah. like you really think it's going to take five minutes, right? Like to say, you know, oh, hey, hon, I'll be right there, wait for me, I'm going to just check my email. The, the hun should not let you check the email. <laughs> like, don't go that way. Yeah. Put down your phone. And again, it's like what we find works best with couples is that you talk about it ahead of time. Like, you set the new expectation. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want to be the kind of, I really want to be the kind of couple that has sex. I want to have a romantic part of our marriage. So when we have our date night, let's both agree that we're not going to get distracted when we come home. Mm-hmm. Let's both agree that when we come home, we're going to just carry that momentum. Kids are asleep, <coughs> excuse me, into the you know into the bedroom or the hot tub or whatever. Yeah. And again, it's this whole idea. And sometimes and getting a hot tub, by the way, is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that that and, and anticipation too can can you know as you talk about it during your date night can lead into that momentum as well. Yeah, I love what Lonnie Barback, who's a very famous San Francisco sex therapist, says. She says, people say they don't want to plan for their sex. They don't don't want scheduled sex. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, back to when you were dating, most people, you know, went out for dinner, maybe had some wine. They were showered. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they tried to smell good. And uh, there was anticipation. Yeah. And it was planned. It was planned. That was the whole point of the date, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, dating or newly married, but it was planned. And the thing is, is that, Taking that idea with couples now of, like, getting excited, having anticipation, flirting with each other at the dinner. You know, this yeah. idea of, like, it's something to look forward to. But you have to make it explicit because just to think that now it's going to change, it's not going to change just because one person changes. You both need to know that this is going to be, like, a new way to be mm-hmm. together. You know, in your article, and I think this is a good segue for it, in your article you mention that, the 10 minute rule and yeah. um, I, I'll, I'll let you explain what the 10 minute rule is and how, okay. how couples apply it. Okay. And actually another, another way to describe it would be a 10 minute window of opportunity. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So I'm not a big rule or should person, so I think that would probably fit better. So this is what's interesting is research has found that in half of the population, they feel amorous, romantic, horny. They find their partner and they have sex. The other half of the population does not feel interested in sex until they are actually kissing and, you know, fooling around. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of the second half, you're going to be waiting a long time until <laughs> you get in the mood. And if you're with somebody like that and you think it's their turn to initiate, you're going to be waiting a long time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what we find with people, they say, I'm not in the mood, I'm too tired. If they give it just 10 minutes. Like, let's give it 10 minutes and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that is enough. You know, for many couples, they'll make out, they'll do some sensual touching, maybe a little, you know, foreplay, fooling around, oral sex, whatever. And then, for most people, they get aroused and they get interested and they want to be more sexual. Yeah. 
And for some people, that was enough, but they still had 10 minutes or something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So it's like a win-win. You can't lose by doing that. Mm-hmm. As long as you have the idea of that either one of you can say, well, that was 10 minutes, and either one of you can say, you know, you know let's continue. Yeah. Okay. And, and what, you know, you find that, too, with exercise, by the way, or any habit you're trying to create. Yeah. You're trying to create a new habit. If you just go to the gym for 10 minutes, you go for a walk for 10 minutes, usually once you're out there, you got your shoes on, you go a little longer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just human nature. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that happens with writing all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's just getting that first sentence on the paper. So. Right. Um, so what are some other ideas and uh, tips to kickstart a couple's libido when they truly are too tired for sex? Okay, so what I would say is that, again, ask each other, when are you less tired? Okay. And I, and I hear this all the time. I'm always tired. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, but when, when are you, like on a scale of 1 to 10, if 10 is your most tired, when are you about a 7, you know, in terms of time? Yeah. I mean, I'll go for whatever I can get. I mean, seriously, when I'm working with couples, I'm trying to help them see that we've got to get out of black and white thinking. Yeah. And we've got to think much more about the subtle, on the edges, compromise, little bit, you know, grabbing moments. And so if they say, well, you know what? First thing in the morning, if I have a cup of coffee, I probably, you know, I probably am less tired then. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Where are the kids? Well, the kids are, you know, they're up. Okay, let's be creative. Can we get somebody to tape the kids, you know, yeah. go get bagels? You know, like, you know <laughs> creative. <laughs> it's like finding opportunities. And it's like, what about when the children nap? Yeah. You know, so many people early afternoon on the weekend would be a good time to fool around. Mm-hmm. But their children have their nap, their little kids have a nap, and they don't grab that opportunity. I'm a big proponent of sex dates. So really it would look like somebody take your children if you have kids, or if you don't have kids, you can have them whenever you want. <laughs> and it's this idea of like rather than have the event be dinner movie, have the event be sex first mm. and then maybe dinner. You might not even make it to a movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Again, are we putting sex at the end of the evening or at the beginning of the evening? Yeah. Many couples have better luck if they put it earlier. Mm. I hear that a lot from couples, especially couples who both work full-time and they have a child or two. They are indeed very, very tired, and they find if they have sex in the afternoon, that's much better, or if they have sex, you know, before they go out, it's better. Mm-hmm. They're just not as exhausted. The other thing is that for many couples, there's a difference. Many men uh, are more sexually inclined uh, first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And again, it, you might, it might be a bit of a compromise, right? So it might be yeah. sometimes you have it in the morning for him in this case, and sometimes you have it in the evening for her. And you just, you know, you want to be in a relationship where you can have some flexibility about it. The other thing about the whole being too tired, and we had a conversation, you and I, about this before. If there's any way at all you can get away for a night, yeah, a weekend, having a marriage vacation where the focus is really just to be playful and have fun and have sex. You know, the more sex you have, the more testosterone, dopamine, oxytocin, you know, the feel-good, the bonding hormones you release. Mm-hmm. And then your physiology starts to work for you. And so you can kind of, many couples can jumpstart getting back into having more sex if they have a, a marriage vacation. Yeah, and we talked about earlier about how you can get in the habit of not having sex, and it works the opposite way, too, because like you said, it generates those chemicals, and so having sex can help spark and generate more sex. Exactly. Yeah, and I think the other part about it is like together to say, okay, 
you know, we are being like every other couple. But you know what? I don't want to be like yeah. every other couple. You know, I want to have a good enough. I don't have to have a perfect relationship, but I want to have a good enough. And I've had some women say to me what they like is they like walking around knowing, you know what? I have sex with my husband. You probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> you probably don't, but I do. <laughs> and there's something about it. Like, if that's what gets you, you know, motivated, I mean, it might be that you need to have if you say, I'm going to have sex on the weekend, maybe you do drink coffee in the afternoon when you don't yeah. normally. I mean, kind of like do whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. It'll, you know, it'll. It's this idea, like rally together. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like you said, it'll, you know, it'll save more work and time and effort down the line if you put in that preventive maintenance uh, up front. Exactly. I've worked with couples that have, have been sexless, no sex, five, six, seven years. Wow. And then they come to see me. And it's just so much harder. I mean, you can do it, but it's a lot harder if you've really been completely out of the habit. Because when couples stop having sex with each other for a long time, many of them also stop just affectionate, touching, kissing, you know, playfulness. And so you want to, even if you're too tired for sex, make sure you're having a lot of that physical contact, snuggling on the couch, you know, holding hands, kissing, so at least you have some of that, you know, physical uh, Mm. release and also closeness with each other. Mm, You know what, Michelle, that's uh, some great advice, and I think that's a perfect place to stop. Um, So, um, you know, I... I, I can't stress enough like how big of a topic this is for all the queries that we get. So I'm really excited that we were able to talk about it at length today. Um, I want to give everybody else a reminder that you guys are listening to Dr. Michelle Gannon, who is a psychologist specializing in relationships, wellness, and women's issues. She is an individual and couples therapist and private practice in Fran- San Francisco for over 20 years. And she holds couples workshops and is the founder of Marriage Prep 101 for engaged, newlywed, and serious dating couples with her husband, Dr. Patrick Gannon. And uh, that's also a award-winning uh, workshop, I should mention. And you can find more at her, her websites, drmichellegannon.com and marriageprep101.com. And you can also follow Michelle on Twitter, uh, at drmichellexo. And uh, if you forget any of this, uh, Michelle has a page on uh, the Hitched website under the Experts channel, so you can link to all of her websites and Twitter accounts and everything there. And uh, lastly, you can follow me on Twitter, at Hitched Media. And uh, before I go, I wanted to mention we actually just launched a, a, a little shop in our Married Life Network. Um, you don't have to be a me- member, although we would love to have you as a member. <laughs> but you don't have to be a member, but we have... Um, a, a couple designs in there and we're adding more almost every day right now um, you know like hitch t-shirts and aprons and, and all, all sorts of stuff so be sure to check that out and uh, once again Michelle I want to thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it oh you're so welcome great as always okay thanks so much Steve okay bye everybody I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home They certainly got the idea. They feel free to express love. It's worth all those awful frank discussions at the dining room table. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.